Jacoma is in the backfield. And they go to the end zone and caught. Hill, touchdown! Touchdown! The Dolphins have recaptured the lead. We're back with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Kevin Harlan, CBS, with the call there. That second touchdown catch and throw, first off, by Tua was absolutely as picture-perfect as it could be. Throwing that ball over the defender's right shoulder, plopped directly into his arms. That was my favorite touchdown catch of the entire weekend, honestly. It was an incredible throw. Tua is as accurate as any quarterback can be. Like, I I don't think you could be more accurate than he is. Which, by the way, Tyreek Hill has brought up before, too. Oh yeah, man. I mean, and a lot of uh, a lot of the haters will say Tua can't throw the deep ball, but like Tua can make every single throw in that offense that he needs to make. Yeah. You saw that again this Sunday. Last time he I bet against the, the Dolphins ball, this season, kids. Well, not I, the last time, but I think two week. I think that criticism is unfair. Of Tua. Well, it was funny because remember he came out of Alabama and everybody's like, oh yeah. I mean, we evaluated Tua, but look at that offense and look at the receivers. And now, I mean, they built the perfect offense for him. Right. Um, you know, they didn't need to go out there and get mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor. They just got to keep Tua healthy, though. and that and that's the biggest thing is is Tua staying healthy, and that's, that's learning how to fall this offseason. That, definitely working out. For I, him, so far, so good, and let's hope it stays that way. Jonathan Zaslow jumps on with us. Zaslow Show 2.0, uh, you know, and as expected from what we saw from the Bills and what we saw from the Dolphins down there, Miami now the favorite to win the division at plus one thirty five, jumping by the Bills by just a little smidge right now. When you saw that team and what they did Week One. Did you say, okay, I expected them to look like this, or was it, wow, they're even better than we anticipated if they can stay healthy? Uh, I I think it's probably both, Mm -hmm. and that's not a cop-out. I expect them to have, if not the best offense in the league, top two or three. So, yeah, I expect them to go out there and score a ton of points, but I I think the part where it's even better than I expected was as great as their offense was after 10 games last year, they were seven and three and then Tua got hurt. Even at like their peak last year, it wasn't what we saw on Sunday. Like Sunday was, it felt effortless, you know, like Tua's big coming out game last year was the six touchdown game come from behind against Baltimore. It was awesome, but it was a lot of deep passes. It was a lot of finding Tyreek Hill, you know, busting open the the back of the defense. In this game, it was really just picking that defense apart, throwing the ball all over the field. I mean, they had the most plays of 15-plus yards in a game. They had 17 of them. It's the most since 2012, and and that was a game by the New Orleans Saints that season. Uh, So, yeah, I'm not surprised because I know this offense is going to be amazing, but the part that I am surprised is they, they really do look even better than last year. Where are we at with this running game, Zaz? Because uh, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with fantasy. Raheem Mostert was getting a lot of love pre-fantasy drafts. 10 carries, 37 yards, does get into the end zone. Kind of a running back by committee situation. And now you have Jonathan Taylor, who presumably still wants to be traded, and you guys have been in the news. Like, where are you at? We all know that Tua and, and this offense can cook through the air. What about through the ground? Yeah, you know, it's if they're ahead in a game, even by a touchdown, which they never were on Sunday, it was a back-and-forth game, six or seven lead changes, I do think that McDaniel wants to run the ball more. That wasn't going to present itself on Sunday because the game was so close. And look, if you're in a tight game and you got to score, 
you should put the ball in Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle's hands as much as possible. So yeah. they did that. But I think they're going to trade for Jonathan Taylor. Or, or I should say, I, I think they're going to attempt once again to trade for Jonathan Taylor. Because here's the thing. I think the fact that they were even having conversations with the Colts meant that they at least came to terms with parameters of a deal with Jonathan Taylor. I don't think you go to the Colts and try and work out compensation without talking to Taylor first. So I feel like they're willing to pay Jonathan Taylor, and I think they're willing to do that in a league that doesn't pay running backs anymore because they still have the quarterback on the value contract. If you're a team that's ready to win right now, which the Dolphins are, and you have the quarterback in that window where they're still on that rookie contract where you can't afford to pay other players because you're getting the amazing... I mean, think about the value they're getting out of their quarterback position if is going to be something like what we saw on Sunday. So because of that, I do think the Dolphins are going to go out and get Jonathan Taylor in a few weeks. What did you see from the offensive game plan where, I mean, the reason I kind of like the Chargers when we got closer to kickoff without Armstead is if you, if you go back, obviously, you know, you look at the numbers with him off the field. Tua usually struggles, but uh, not only did he not struggle, but he wasn't sacked, and that's going against Joey Bosa and Cleo Mack, who have probably lost a step from what they were a couple of years ago, but still, that's really impressive. What did you see from the game, the game plan, and uh, do you think that that's sustainable? Yeah, I mean, like, I'm still looking for Joey Bosa and Khalil yeah. Mack. They, they, they were nowhere to be found, which to me was the shocking part about Sunday because who had Vic Fangio's defense getting gashed for over 200 yards on the ground, yet the Dolphins' offensive line, two was never sacked. I mean, I guess once or twice when he had to fall on his own fumble, I guess those were counted as sacks, but otherwise he was never sacked. He really wasn't pressured. His pocket awareness was excellent. He had that one throw that he stepped up in the pocket and stepped into a deep throw that he found Tyreek Hill on the right side. But otherwise, to me, the biggest surprise was, and especially with that arm set out, the offensive line was awesome. I really thought there was pressure, especially once Armstead was ruled out. Because even if Armstead played last weekend or even if he's ready to play this weekend, which doesn't sound like because he's dealing with like three different injuries, Armstead is a lock to miss six or seven games this year. That's just the way it is. And it really doesn't feel like the Dolphins went out there and planned for what if he misses a bunch of games. So I really thought there was a lot of uh, uh, pressure on Chris Greer. They said before the season started, they're comfortable with the group they have. And guess what? I mean, it's only one game, but right now they're right. Like, the group that they have kept the quarterback protected. Nothing but great returns on the offense after that first game, and rightfully so. The defense on the other side, though. 234 rushing yards given up to the Chargers, 121 in the first half alone. How concerned are you with what you saw from them defensively? Well, I think the easy answer is not that concerned when you're going to be able to outscore teams. Like, there's <laughs> really true. no... There's, I know the Chargers defense. I mean, I make fun, Bosa and, and Khalil Mack. That Chargers defense is not good, but there really is no reason to believe that this Dolphin offense isn't going to be able to score every single week. Now, do, do, do I think that the recipe for winning a Super Bowl is, all right, let's just outscore everyone every single week? No, you got to have some games where you're going to get stops. And look, Vic Fangio didn't blitz all afternoon until the final drive. And what was it? Second down and fourth down on that final drive. They got their two sacks, only two sacks of the game. Zach Sealer, Jalen Phillips. So 
I've seen the movie where a great Dolphin defense has played well and given up the big plays with the game on the line. I've seen that movie a thousand times. This Dolphin defense, as poorly as they performed for most of the game, made the big plays at the very end. And, and Javon Holland, Dolphin safety, he, he mentioned, look, it's a brand new coordinator they have this year. It's going to take them a little bit of time to adjust and get acclimated. And, you know, we're hoping the beginning of November that Jalen Ramsey joins this team. So I'm not that concerned about the defense. Uh, I want to switch topics really fast. You would maybe think I wanted to maybe talk about the NBA, but I don't right now, Jonathan. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, Come on. But Come the on. Hurricanes, they be hurricaning. Uh, end up molly whopping Texas A&M. Mario Cristobal yeah. overhauls the entire coordinator staff. Like, what's your thoughts on what this Hurricanes team can be? Well, first of all, I'm, I'm glad the safety is okay. I mean, that was a scary scene late in the game. Uh, it, you know, turned out he, he's doing all right. So thank goodness, you know, everybody can se- – and they knew, like, at the end of the game that he was doing okay. So they were able to celebrate in the locker room a- afterward. But this is what we were hoping for from former Kane Mario Cristobal. He's supposed to be a guy that – this athletic program has never spent more money. And he is supposed to be the guy – who's able to turn this program around. Now, I know this is a coach who obviously knows what the University of Miami football program is looking for. Former players, it's a brotherhood, that Hurricane football team. They're very involved. It's a tight-knit group, and they want to get back to that attitude that they had in the 80s and the 90s where the kids really cared. Well, Mario Cristobal was on those teams in the 90s. He knows what it's about, and that dude can recruit. Like, I know, all right, that maybe uh, it could be uh, left a little bit, de- a little bit de- to be desired on the field when he was at Oregon. As far as X's knows, that dude can recruit. So I think as you saw this past weekend, because that score, 48-33, Canes, Canes could have easily won that game by 30. I mean, they were so bad, the Canes, early on, giving the ball up in the red zone, turnover touchdown, block punt touchdown. They kicked the crap out of that Texas A&M team. And I, I think the biggest difference is, You got some kids on the team, some big, physical kids who are fast, who they have not had in a really long time. I think it's a pretty good Canes team. Everyone's excited about that. Yeah, Zaz, unfortunately, I bet him to win the ACC last year. I'm a big Tyler Van Dyke guy. But this year, I felt, year. This, year, this year, I felt better, a lot better because Josh Gaddis is gone. He's a disaster. I like how they let Mario kind of retool things yeah. after just one year. And Shannon Dawson, I mean, an obvious upgrade, and you saw that. So do you think that this team is good enough to beat Florida State? Because I do think they're good enough, obviously, to beat Carolina. I think both teams might be uh, undefeated when we get that matchup later on in the season. Like, what do you think their ceiling would be this year? You mentioned moving on from Gaddis, and I wanted to say really quick, I, I think that's also the sign of a, of a good coach to be able to admit early on, yeah, yep. you know what, my mistake. That, that's, I'm going to cut bait right now. I'm, I don't want to let the bottom fall out. If I wait till it's a problem, a real problem, then it's too late. So I think that's usually a sign of a good coach who's willing to admit that he got that one wrong. Look, FSU looks like they're in a whole other dimension right now. I think it's really easy to say. And that was before what Clemson has looked like the first couple weeks. I felt FSU has a legit chance to be a playoff team this year. Now, seeing what happened with Clemson week one against Duke, you certainly feel good about that. But I love that FSU looks the way they do. Because when we can get back to the Canes being a contender and FSU being a contender, I mean, it feels like it's been 20-plus years since we've been able to get to that matchup in the middle or late in the season where this is for all the marbles. Canes, FSU, somebody's going to ruin the other season. So it's... it. 
I'm rooting for FSU. Come into that game undefeated. Let's do it. So it's it's a really cool scenario here. Talking to Jonathan Zaslow, BetMGM tonight. I want to take us outside of Miami now, and let's look at the AFC East picture as a whole. I mentioned now that your Dolphins, they're the favorites to win the division just ahead of the Bills, and it feels like we have eliminated a team there in terms of yes. the Jets and where they sit without Zach Wilson. I mean, or with Zach Wilson and without Aaron Rodgers, obviously. I mean, I don't care who they get on the market as a veteran quarterback or, like, whatever. It doesn't matter. You you need great quarterback play in this league to win, especially in, I mean, an incredibly competitive, not just division, but conference. The AFC, we know this. It's loaded, and it's loaded with young, great quarterbacks. The Jets right now are plus 205 to make the playoffs. Do you look at them as even a team that has a shot at no. sneaking in? Yep, there. that's what I figured. No, we, we saw a year's <laughs> worth. We saw Zach Wilson last year. We've we've seen this, and they're, they won seven games, which is terrible, and their offense was terrible, and he was bad last night. I mean, the only reason they were able to win that game last night was Josh Allen did his version of the butt fumble late in the fourth quarter, you know? I mean, he's the most careless quarterback there is in the NFL, Josh Allen. They gave the Jets an opportunity to win that game. So, no, I think the Jets are not a threat whatsoever. And that's why when Aaron Rodgers got hurt last night, my rooting interest immediately went to the Jets because the Bills now starting 0-1 and with a divisional loss, that was a huge loss for the Bills, for the Miami Dolphins now. And they got a chance now to start 2-0 the Dolphins and 1-0 in the division on Sunday Night Football this week. Do the New England Patriots scare you the most in this division now that we've seen the Bills look maybe more vulnerable and the Jets go down where Aaron Rodgers is out for the year, or no? No, it's, it's still the Bills, because even while I don't think the Bills are going to win the division, I think they're talented enough to still be a playoff team in the AFC. I mean, Josh Allen is super careless and reckless with the football, but he's super talented and super athletic, and Stephon Diggs is obviously great. So I think the Bills are still good enough to be a playoff team. I think Mac Jones is as bad a starting quarterback as there is in the NFL. Like, I'm looking forward to what the Dolphin defense can do against him this week. So we didn't see the Dolphin defense do much of it. Well, at least against the rush game. Like, Herbert didn't kill the Dolphins defense, but the running game certainly did. So I'm really interested if, I, you know, I'm going to have to eat my words this weekend because I think Mac Jones is terrible. I'm not afraid of that Patriot team whatsoever. There aren't any real weapons there either. So, no, the Bills, I, I think, are still definitely the second team. But I, I've liked the Dolphins to win the division from the get-go here. Really quick, we have 30 seconds. Is Damian Lillard on the Miami Heat by training? Yes. By training. Oh, by, by the start of the season. Yes. Did you see Nikola Jovic, what he did for Serbia in the FIBA World Game? <laughs> oh, my Joe God. Cronin. This Joe Cronin better take note. That's a guy you want on your team. We'll give him to you. You give us Lillard. Let's wash our hands clean and let's get on with it. Come on. <laughs> we just want the saga to be done. That's all we want. Poor Tristan just sweating it, just waiting for it to finally just Band-Aid to Will be ripped show off. show up for training camp? Won't he? Oh, Will he? Won't it's, he? It's going to yeah. be the next, the next thing. Jonathan Zaslow, host of Zaslow Show 2.0. Always good to have you on, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, guys. Have fun. Thanks, yeah, guys. I saw there at least like the conversations are reopening it's again. It's such now, a so. garbage situation. <laughs> it's so up and down. It's just Tom gonna... says he won't report. Now Aaron Fentress says he will report. You guys are garbage. I know. Just trade him to the Bulls for Zach Levine. And let's go. get it over with. I think that's a very fair trade. I, I really do though, and Tristan knows it damn well too. We get you got yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> you don't gotta go into a full rebuild. I'm not into this. No. You imagine Ryan as a GM. What about DeMar? Up? Hey, you guys want uh Zach Levine? They're a little old How about for that? us. Be like, I'll take you guys to the boom boom room tonight. Shots on me. So we've got ourselves a new heavy favorite to lead the NFL in picks. And no, he's not in Dallas.